are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. And it is the third hour of Miller and Moulton on this Tuesday. Thanks so much for being with us. Final hour in Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa St. Pete, Port Charlotte to Venice. The bonus hour begins at the top of the hour in the 239. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network. Chris Perkins, fine columnist for the Sun Sentinel, will join us coming up in about 35 minutes. to talk about all the moves the Dolphins are making on the defensive side of the ball, at least with their coaching staff. Matt Baker is kind enough to join us again. He covers college football, Gators, Knowles, the Big Five in-state, and the sport as a whole for the Tampa Bay Times. You can follow Matt on Twitter. At M Baker TV Times, M Baker TV Times. Matt, David, and Mark, once again, hope you've been well. How are you? Can't complain. Hope you guys are doing well too. Before we get into the hard hitting questions of the day, Matt, a debate just started on this show. I'm going to make an assumption that you like chicken wings. I hope that's correct. If it is, can, can a chicken wing be too big? I make the case that chicken wings can actually be too big and dried out. My co-host, David, says I'm absolutely crazy. The more meat, the better. Can a chicken wing be too big? I think it can, but I'm, I'm not a huge chicken wing guy. Too messy. I, I know, I know, I know. But I, that's just... There you go. You know, like when I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I go with the chicken sandwich because I don't want to get all messy. He's a writer, but David. The, but at the end of the day, okay, well, it's true. You know, the fingers get sticky, the keyboard, the phone, whatever you're typing on. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. Okay. But at the end of the day, uh, it was a yes, David. I just want you to let I know. That. No, I know, Matt. And that, anyway. So let's get to the college football rule changes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Something less controversial. Right. <laughs> um, the average game was three hours and 23 minutes. That includes halftime. That is 11 minutes longer than the average NFL game right now. The average NFL game is 312, which includes their halftime. There's a seven-minute difference in a college halftime and an NFL halftime. So, Matt, in theory, the college game takes four minutes longer in terms of actual plays, account for four extra minutes. Do you think that the game needs to be shortened, number one? Yes, absolutely. Um, because I, I hear the numbers you're saying, but I've been in so at, in the press box at so many 3.30 CBS games that go on for four hours. Or think about kind of you – know, the Big 12 does a lot more defense now, but think go back you know, 10 years or whatever and think about something like when in the Big 12 when everybody was air raid and throwing the ball 50 times. And those games would drag on for a while with all the incompletions and clock stoppages. Yeah, I definitely think it's too long. And if you go, it's one thing to watch it on your couch where if there's a commercial break, you can go, you know, go to the bathroom, get a drink, flip around to a different game, whatever. But when you're at the stadium, those, to me, that's the biggest issue is just how long those timeouts are. And, and that's what drags it down and makes it a rough experience in the stadium, just for me personally couple of the rule changes that they're talking about. One is just simple. The NFL rule to not stop the clock at first downs. The other is far more radical of continuing the clock after an incompletion after the ball is put back or set back in play. Do you think uh, both either or one of those will fly? Yeah, I, I think I think both will end up happening at some point. And maybe they go halfway and pick one at, at first. And I, I don't have like a super strong opinion on it um, because – I mean, yeah, I, I probably knew, know the rules, but 
when you watch an NFL game versus a college game, it's not like that makes a major difference in, in, into the viewing experience. I know it affects strategy and that stuff, but I just don't – it doesn't make a huge difference to me as a casual fan. I guarantee you if I told my wife what the rules were, she'd be like, huh? I've never noticed that. So I don't think changing it's going to make a, a big difference. I understand the idea of having fewer plays, which is, is a, you know less exposure um, as we're getting ready to add games for the because of the college football playoffs. So I kind of understand that logic. But yeah, like like I said, I don't know that if, if if one of the major concerns as a viewer is that the game is too long, I don't know that this is going to or or even just feels too long. I don't know that this is going to be the changes. These are going to be the changes that, that fix that. Does that make sense? Talking college football with Matt Baker, Tampa Bay Times. Follow him on Twitter, mbakertbtimes, mbakertbtimes. Matt, I have always believed, and I think I'm in the vast minority, that college football was going to do something like this to reduce the number of plays because they may want to add another game at some point. How do you get more money? You need to add inventory. And yes, they're expanding the playoff, but that's only benefiting eight more teams, if you know what I mean. Like, to me, if you reduce the number of plays to more of an NFL number of plays, which means that you'll have 12 to 14 less plays, let's just say it's 12 times it by 12, that's 144 less plays. That's two full games. You could still be advocating player safety and add a 13th game and still make the case, well, we're still running 75 less plays with a 13th game than we would have been with the old rules in 12. Yeah, and, and I hear what you're saying. At some point, the, the calendar for college football has to be addressed. And uh, obviously, windy games are is a significant part of that. I want to know what the you know when the 12-team playoff is, is done, when everything's really kind of in place and they really figured out, I want to see what that's going to look like in terms of what's being played. When um, is week zero, the new week one, um, how many games are around Christmas? How many games are in the second semester? How many games end up being around when the, again, the college football players have finals, which my understanding is those are rather important to academics. Um, there's just a lot of moving parts there that I don't know that these powers that be that that rule this sport have really come up with good answers on all of that and and we saw during uh, the the COVID year in 2020 that teams can play during finals and that's okay that was an adjustment they were willing to make in that unique circumstance Um, so I'm curious how all of that plays out because yeah maybe at some point they do talk about trying to expand it in that way but there, there becomes there comes a point where everybody else it, it, you can't you can expand it too much, right? Where these are, you know, even with NIL, they're still unpaid athletes at, at this point for, in terms of the school relationship, and asking them to play an NFL regular season is, is not feasible. So, what's the sweet spot in there, and is there room for another game, and and how many more? Especially considering you know your national championship teams are going to have to play several more at the end of the season. Matt, you mentioned NIL briefly in that answer. Florida made some changes to the NIL. How big of a deal is what happened a couple of weeks ago in the state legislature? Um, a little and also a lot. So legally speaking, Florida's, you know, the schools and the teams are going to be able to do a lot more with NIL in terms of if, you know, hey, you're an agent. Um, here are 10 
donors to the University of Matt Baker that are interested in uh, being, being doing NIL. Maybe they wanted to work with your with your player. So that's something practical. You know, you could have uh, bobbleheads of players for sale at the Swamp and at Doak and all that stuff. And there's a little bit with that, but there's also not a lot either because I I, I find it extremely uh, just not credible at all that there was no involvement between schools and coaches and NIL agents and collectives and what have you before. It, it doesn't pass the smell test. And even even though there was a law on the books against it, there is no scenario where a prosecutor or attorney or, or a state representative or whoever was going to try to punish, I'm just going to throw out a name, Billy Napier or Mike Norvell or whoever it was for breaking the state's NIL law to try and get a player. That's not going to happen. It, it, it has never happened in this state or any other. That's, that's not going to happen. So – on a practical level, yeah, I do think it matters. But on the big picture, there was a law. I'm going to guess it was being broken by many p- people, not naming names. And even if it was broken and people knew about it, no one was getting in trouble for it. How bad is the Rashada fallout with the Gators and NIL, or is that just a blip? I think the answer is going to be clear here in the coming months as, as Florida works on that 24 recruiting class. You know, I think Florida thinks the matter is by and large behind them. Um, and the good thing about college football, because I asked some NIL people, what, how does Florida get by? And I said, time moves on. College football is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. It's, the sport moves lightning fast. So the Rashada thing seems, honestly, in some ways like ancient history. And I think there's a stain there that is going to linger on the recruiting trail. But if Florida is able to show uh, that they've made some changes and how they do things, obviously the state law I think is one way thing that they can point to that's going to help in, in terms of what they're able to do and what they're able to say. Um, and then if the Gator Collective or any other entity that may or may not pop up is able to kind of show this is what we're doing, this is how we've changed things, I think it'll be okay. But in the meantime, yeah, I do think that is still around and if i you know my kindergartner were being recruited i would have serious questions about whether florida is going to be able to live up to their bargain that i don't think that's gone away he's matt baker he covers college football covers all the teams in state but also covers the sport as a whole for the tampa bay times you can follow matt on twitter m baker tv times m baker tv times matt as always appreciate your time and your insight hope things are going well for you absolutely thanks guys Matt Baker joining us once again here on Miller and Moulton. Just to review, because we're getting a lot of people hearing bits and pieces. The average college game is 11 minutes longer than an NFL game. That includes halftime. Average college game runs 12 to 14 more offensive snaps than the average NFL game. 69 to 70 offensive plays per team in college roughly 63 per team in the NFL. Those are the numbers. College football seriously considering going to the NFL clock. The other numbers are this. 53% of you do not think a chicken wing can be too big thus far. It is a very close vote. Can a chicken wing be too big? I say that it can. David says that I'm absolutely positively nuts. Hell no. If I lose this vote, honestly, I'll need a mental health day tomorrow. Miller and Moulton, talking football and chicken wings. They've always seemed to go together. We found a way to do it even in the offseason right here on the Florida Sports Network.
You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Here I am, all proud. The show we lined up once again today, David Sampson, Matt Baker, Chris Perkins. Guests we have lined up for the rest of the week. What's it everybody wants to talk about, Mark? Chicken wings. There you go. <sighs> Asked okay. about the length of college football games, bupkis. Whatever. Yep. Maybe too long, may not. Leave my games alone. Touch my wings. I'll kill you. So, David, here's some of the answers on the text line. 21,000 is the number if you want to chime in. The question was asked, can a chicken wing be too big? It's our poll question today, and it is a battle right now that is varied. It's it's in the 50s to 40s. It, it is going flipping and flopping back and forth. Vote at that Mark Miller, the David Moulton, or FL Sports Network on Twitter, or go to floridasportsnetwork.com. This person says, yes, chicken wings can be too big. If I want big, I'd go drumstick or thigh. Following answer, I'm with David. Give me the Flintstone size wings. Correct. Want the brontosaurus burger? I want the ribs on the side of the car that it tips it over. Wing can't be too big. Thank you. David is the last person to take food advice from. Small wings, much better. <laughs> Young chickens. Big wings are from old hens that no longer lay eggs. Tough and stringy, like almost all meats. The younger the source, the better. Hold on a second. How can the fat guy who eats the most be the person that you least go to about food. Because there's not much you don't like. What you don't like are things that are healthy. Hey, would you like a vegetable? Are you out of your mind? Right. We're not talking broccoli. We're talking chicken wings. How can I not be a source? I mean, I don't get it. Remember, we're not talking about cooking the wings. This is a eating the wings question. How am I a bad source? This person's with David. No chicken wing can be too big. Wings can definitely be too big. Thin line between snack and Thanksgiving. Oh, this is good. This is back and forth. Yes, that's determined by you. You, the side of the basket. Do you order the eight, ten, or twelve, or do you order the twenty plus? That's the side. Ah. Uh. By the way, Canada Relief, jumbo wings have a bad ratio of sauce to wing. It's too dry. Ask for less sauce, more sauce, whatever. <sighs> All you taste is the meat. Ask for more sauce. Can you give me some extra sauce on the side? Boom. Done. I'll be updating you throughout the today. I will text you, David. I will just forward the tweet from Florida Sports Network of what the current poll results are and drive you nuts throughout the day because you're ticked that this is even a 50 50 vote. Like, you think you should win this 90 to 10 or it's an upset. What country am I living in? That's what I'm thinking. What the heck happened? Man. I moved 350 miles away. I feel as if I'm in Norway. What the heck? A wing can be too big. Man. And this is like Republican Democrats 
50-50, type of stuff here. I'd almost rather lose this 70-30, to be honest with you. This is killing me. I didn't know we were going down such a road today. I really didn't. I... And and let me tell you, uh, how many years? We've been friends nearly 25 years. We've been doing a show like 17, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, it takes damn near a subpoena for me to get a hold of Mark Miller once this show ends, okay? Unless it's something funny, I cannot get a reaction from him on anything, anything. And he's going to text me nonstop today updating the poll results. Honestly, I could have I could be headed to the hospital. I could say, "Listen, I got I'm not feeling well. I'm going to the hospital." Okay, maybe before he goes to bed, he'd be like, "Hope it works out." Current poll votes 41 <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. You're right. You're right. My day is shot now. Shot. There's a guy. Speaking of which, so we're going to have to do some repairs to the condo here. And so we got a guy uh, coming over at one o'clock. My wife says to me, listen, I'm not going to be there. So you're going to be the one handling this. I'm like, yeah, okay, I got it. And she's like, and I quote, I need you to be extra nice. Extra nice. Extra nice. Kind of like extra sauce. Thank you. That's what I said. I said, so not nice. I have to be extra nice. And she said, well, I don't know how to put this. And I go, ah, no, just throw the cards on the table. I go, neither one of us is walking out on the other at this stage of the game. So just throw the cards on the table. She's like, well, sometimes when you think you're being nice. Boy, can I relate to this you're not really being nice. You're being maybe, maybe normal. I'm like, oh, really? She's like, yeah. So I need you to be extra nice. And I go, can I just, I'll I'll be extra nice. I promise you I'll be extra nice. But can we just review the relationship here? I am going to hand him thousands of dollars to do something. And I'm the one that has to be extra nice? Extra nice. Not just nice, David. Extra nice. Extra nice. nice. That's like the wings with, what, extra crispy? Extra crispy's fine. It's just the size of the wing. If you order extra crispy and it's too big, you're going to get a dried-out wing, David. So today... 54-46, by the way. Today... I have to deal with, can a wing be too big, yes or no? And while I'm meeting with the guy and being extra nice, Mark is going to text me twice with poll results of a question which is essentially going to determine whether or not I move to Canada. It may be trouble for you to be extra nice if I'm texting while that gentleman is there and the poll is not going your way. Unbelievable. And if I can't stay in the States, how am I going to live in Canada? Because there, you have to be extra nice. Everybody is. Right. There's a reason I only lived five years in the upper Midwest. It was Minnesota nice. The people of the Dakotas are great. I, I stood out like 
a huge chicken wing is how I stood out. Because I was the sarcastic blankety bank for the Northeast. I mean, people within hundreds of miles were like, uh, that one. There was Molten with that dry sense of humor, just like a big chicken wing over there. Yep, that's the jumbo wing right there. Stay away from him. He definitely needs some sauce. He's the only guy in the whole state who actually uses his horn when you cut him off. Everybody else goes, oh, no, that's okay. I love that someone in your car told you not to use the horn when you were there, that you honked at someone and they asked what you were doing. A guy cut me off, nearly hit me. I leaned on my horn, pulled up alongside him at the light, and, of course, told him I thought he was number one. And two other people in the car said, yeah, dude, if you're going to live here, you can't do that. What do you mean? He nearly hit me. I don't know what to tell you. Deal with it. I had to be what? Extra nice. I didn't realize that I would have never brought up this chicken wing discussion knowing that you had to be extra nice today because this is a lot for one man to handle. Extra Extra nice. nice. And you're finding out that people think chicken wings can be too big. And it's not just me. There are several people that are on my side here. While there are several on yours, it certainly seems that a chicken wing can be too big. I mean, I feel like the incumbent who, you know, got polling results before he went to bed, like, oh, you're going to win this 76-24. And now all of a sudden I'm sitting down on election night and it's 53-47. What the heck? Chris Perkins is next. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton. Only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes until the top of the hour when the bonus hour begins for our audience in the two three nine. Thanks so much for being with us, Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, Florida Sports Chris Perkins back covering the Dolphins, writing columns for the Sun Sentinel. Follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Perk P E R K. Chris Perk. Chris, it's David and Mark. Thanks for your time. How are you? Hey, fellas, I'm doing good, man. We're, we're seeing uh, we're seeing how much hope the Dolphins can sell this offseason, right? They they just signed uh, Big Fangio, who might have been the, the best uh, assistant coach on the market. They made the trade for Bradley Chubb at the at the um, at the trade deadline. They got Tyreek Hill before the season, so uh, we'll we'll see if they can do something with Tua and these concussions. He's supposedly going to be taking judo lessons to learn how to fall, but the Dolphins are, are trafficking in hope right now. We'll, we'll see if it comes to fruition. There is no doubt. Before we get to the Dolphins, there has been a burning question that hit this show. David and I got into a little argument a little more than an hour ago, and it has continued through the show. You can help determine this argument and whether or not my co-host comes back tomorrow. But I made the claim, Chris, <laughs> that a chicken wing can be too big. There are small chicken wings, but their chicken wing can be too big. My co-host says that is absolutely impossible. Where do you stand on this chicken wing controversy? Can't be too big. Uh, you're, listen, you're talking to a man who will sometimes go to the grocery store and buy turkey wings. So, so I don't think I don't, I don't think that the chicken wing can be too big. I, I agree. I, I, it can't be too big. Give me more chicken, more meat on the bone, baby. 
Chris, the check is in the mail. Thank you very much. All right. What, <laughs> what did you... That, that text you sent me, I got it. I got it. It's all good. <laughs> hey, what did Vic say yesterday? I mean, you know, first off, he was reportedly signed weeks ago. Then he did the two-week tour where he was an assistant to the Eagles. Now he's officially with the Dolphins, and he spoke for the first time yesterday. What was it that he said that you found interesting? I thought it was interesting that, uh, well, number one, he comes off as a very uh, matter-of-fact, no-nonsense guy. But the thing that he said that I really liked was he will base his defense on his personnel. And the reason I like that is because you've got a lot of coaches who come in and, you know, we're going to play the 4-3 and we're going to play the 3-4, we're going to do this and do that. And you look and you're like, yeah, but you don't have the personnel for that. And so I like that Fangio is kind of like, you know, this is, this is my overarching principle, but we'll see if I have the talent to pull that off, and then we'll tailor our defensive system to the talent that I have on the roster. I really like hearing that. Chris, I know it's a pretty simple question, but how much better can this defense get with Fangio? Because it was obviously an area that started to sputter towards the end of the season, but there's a lot of reasons why with what happened. How much better can they get on the defensive side of the ball? You know, I, I think they can get a lot better, but it's going to depend on, on what they want to do now. If they go back to – you guys remember when Brian Flores was the coach and they had Byron Jones and Xavier Howard at the corners, they would lock down the receivers and the other nine guys would do whatever the heck they wanted, mostly blitz, because that's what they did under the former defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer. Um, now, here, you know, Fangio can lead the defense with, with the edge rushers, right, Bradley Chubb. And Jalen Phillips, he can lead the defense with the front four. He can lead the defense with the front seven. If Byron Jones comes back, you know, maybe you do the lockdown corner thing again. But you have lots of options here. So uh, health is going to be the number one thing. But, but I think, you know, listening to Fangio say that he will tailor his system to the, to the players, I, I think that right there tells me this has the potential to be a much better defense. He's Chris Perkins. He says a wing can never be too big, and he also covers the Dolphins. He's the fine columnist for the Sun Sentinel. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Perk, P-E-R-K. Did Vic get into why he chose the Dolphins? Because remember, he was linked to Sean Payton that originally, that Payton was going to. Now, of course, Payton chose Denver, where Vic was the head coach, so that would have been awkward, but was it strictly money, or did he actually, I don't know, throw a bouquet at the new young head coach and say, <laughs> actually, this is the reason? I mean, or was it just cold, hard cash? It, it, it's a good question. He never did really directly answer that. Uh, he did. Uh, he was asked, and he did say that there was no previous connection between him and Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach. He said that they have some some mutual friends uh, in the league, but um, there, and you know, he said he liked the talent with the Dolphins and, and um, you know, the potential there. Uh, I'm sure money has a lot to do with it. You're in a state with, with, uh, with no income tax. Interestingly enough, he said that, you know, he was up in Destin, up in Destin, Florida during his year sabbatical. And he like set up this uh, office type uh, situation. And, and uh, he, he said he, he could tap into the, to the uh, NFL computer system and he had all the information that other coaches around the league would have. And he would watch games and he would chart things. He said he's got a couple of new things uh, defensively that he would like to try out from, from being on his sabbatical that he came up with. So 
So we'll we'll see what he has up his sleeve. But he didn't, you know, it's not like he and Mike McDaniel coached together in in Denver or anything like that. He, I, I'm sure, the money was was a, was a major factor. The, the money and the and the title and the role, because you would expect that he's basically going to be the head coach of the defense. That McDaniel and, and general manager Chris Greer will will kind of pretty much let uh, Big Fangio do what he wants. And I know money obviously is a big part, but Chris, isn't doesn't this speak volumes for McDaniel that he's able to get someone that he didn't work with? Relationships are so important in the NFL. If you can spring away from those relationships and hire a coach of this quality, it must say a lot for what he's done in one year. Yeah, you know, McDaniel has a good reputation around the league. He's a, he's a guy that, you know, he's, he's this little guy who's like, I don't know, five six five seven. He's a, he's a Ivy League educated guy. He went to Yale. Quirky, really good sense of humor. Always did panning and, and one lining during his press conferences. So he's different. You know, he's a he's a different sort of guy. So that does speak well for him and and the way he does things. He, he's a guy who kind of believes in uh, in in player empowerment and he's a new age coach. You know, he's not one of those old school. Uh, he's not a big Angio old school guy. To, to be honest with you, you know a. a, a a guy who you know we run the show. We're the we're the coaches that you know he's he's, he's uh, uh, McDaniel is kind of more of, of that NBA mold of we're going to give the players some some input here. So uh, it does speak well for McDaniel, and and maybe maybe it speaks well for where NFL coaching will be in you know ten years or whatever if if McDaniel wins because it's such a copycat league. Chris, I've got the Dolphins about sixteen million over the cap right now. Uh, they've got two, three weeks to get down to the cap. I mean, the obvious one is if they let go of Byron Jones, they're pretty much there. Uh, does that feel like a foregone conclusion? Like, did Vic talk at all about his two expensive but gifted cover corners? Yeah, no. Um, we, we we mentioned uh, – he, he mentioned Xavier and Howard, but Byron Jones' name never came up. And Byron Jones has been a very interesting situation that – Nobody has been able to really get a finger on what's going on there. Uh, you know, but, but he, he, he's, he's going to be like $14 million in dead money if you just cut him. So you need to ideally find a trade for him, or I guess ideally you hope he comes back healthy. I, I, nobody knows what the what the status is, what the chances of that are. He had the, the, the leg surgery in March. They thought he was going to be back uh, for the start of the season. He never returned all year. Nobody has heard from him. Nobody has heard from his agent. The Dolphins haven't spoken. We've all been poking around trying to get in touch with his agent and trying to get in touch with Byron Jones, but that is that is like one of the big mysteries. And then Mike Gesicki will come off the cap. He was uh, uh, 10.6, I believe. He was playing on the franchise tag at tight end. But uh, th- those two uh, would, would get you there. But the Byron Jones thing, yeah, you got to be kind of careful so you don't have all that dead money sitting around. Is there any other cap casualties coming that you can see? I mean, obviously you mentioned Gasecki and you mentioned the other Jones there, but is there anything else that we should be expecting here in the next couple of weeks? I don't think that there's anything that's gonna that's gonna shave off, you know, major money um, because there's 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 really just not that much out there. You know, we'll see what happens with with some of the other free agents, Landon Roberts uh, at that uh, inside linebacker is going to be a key because he was a, a team captain. But uh, even him, I, I think he was making like three million. So there's there's not a there's not another big ticket item. You know, you're 
you're pretty much looking at Byron Jones and, and Mike Gesicki as the, as the big-ticket guys. But Chris Greer, the general manager, does not seem concerned about getting down um, to, to the, uh, to the uh, NFL um, uh, ceiling. Uh, so he, he, he think, seems to think that they're going to make it uh, fairly comfortably by the March 15 uh, deadline. Is it a foregone conclusion that they're picking up Tua's fifth-year option? Because it's fully guaranteed no. if they do. So, And they have to make that decision in the next three weeks, don't they? Yes, May 1st. May 1st is, is the, uh, oh, is the May day. First. No, that, that's, not, that's, that's not a uh, foregone conclusion. And, and look, I, I think they, they have a lot to think about with, with that deal because obviously you aren't going to know by May 1st if Tua stays healthy for the entire 2023 season. So um, I, my, my feeling is that deadline is probably going to come and go, and, and um, there probably won't be any activity because of, because of the concussion situation. If, if Tua shows that he can stay healthy for, for a whole year, um, you probably do it. And, and his, his fifth-year option, I, I believe, is probably going to be around $22 million or something like that. And, you know, look, there is a, a sense of urgency with the Dolphins because once all these extensions start kicking in and you have to make decisions on, on you know, Christian Wilkins is up this year, uh, Tua is going to be coming up, Jalen Waddle, Javon Holland, um, uh, Brandon Jones at safety, all of these guys, they're the young talent, Jalen Phillips at defensive end. Once those contracts start coming up, it, it, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to keep this core together. So the next couple of years, if you want to win with this core, you've really got to put your foot down uh, onto on, on the, uh, the pedal to the metal, I should say. He's Chris Perkins, and he covers the Dolphins. He's a columnist for the Sun Sentinel. Follow him on Twitter, Chris Perk, P-E-R-K, Chris Perk. Chris, thanks for your time, particularly at this hour. Continued success, and hopefully we can uh, catch up right around the time the new NFL season starts in mid-March. All right, fellas. Big wings, baby. Big wings. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Flintstones. Brontosaurus burgers. Yes. 55% of you, however, on my side, that a chicken wing can be too big. Holy blank. Oh, my goodness. Chris Perkins notwithstanding. He didn't vote. Have we gotten Samson's answer yet? Uh, I don't believe no, so. No, he's probably no. taping a podcast right now. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm looking. Uh, no, he just gave it an LOL. I'm going to text him back. Need an answer. My wife, by the way, said you can have one too big. Okay. So we're getting divorced. <laughs> All right. This was a good run. All right. I love her madly. I'm going to miss her. But uh, obviously... Obviously, I need to have different companionship or just me and my wings, just alone for the rest of my life. That's maybe where I need to go. That's after I'm extra nice today to the guy who's coming to the house to make repairs. He's the one making the money, and I'm the one that has to be nice. Extra nice. What that means is that there's more work for this guy to do. She believes that it's not just whatever's happening today, that he may be back to do more work. That's the only thing I can take from... You have to be extra nice because if it's a one and done, who cares? She did acknowledge that, you know, it probably, you know, he's probably the one that should be nice to us because we're the customer. I said, yes, that's, that's usually how it works. Okay. That the one paying has to be less nice. 
Okay, usually that's how that works. The nice part typically is the payment. Correct. Correct. You put up with so-and-so. Why? Because they pay you. Right. So, A, I have to be extra nice. And then, B, apparently 55% of you think a chicken wing can be too big. Honestly. I feel as if I'm losing my spouse and my country today. I feel as if I just need to move to Norway and live alone. Yeah, but unbelievable. They, I'm guaranteeing Norway, you're not getting a big chicken wing. I mean, you got to stay where the wings are, David. No matter whether or not, look at it this way. If 55% think that a wing can be too big, think of all of the establishments with big wings that you can just sit down comfortably and knock down as many as you'd like. You're taking Maybe this I- the wrong way. Well, that's true. I could probably stay in the United States. I'm just living apparently in the wrong area because I know for a fact if I moved up to the upper Midwest, okay, where, you know, the everything is bigger. The people, the bulls, the steer, the cows, everything. Everything is bigger that I would get the vote to go my way. Bigger is usually better, David. I get it. There are many things that bigger is always better. A chicken wing, in my opinion, is not one of those things. You can have too big of a wing. I mean, who wants a four or five bite wing? I need a couple of bites. Let's move on to the next one. I got a basket of these things to finish for crying out loud. Miller, Moulton, and chicken wings right here on the Florida Sports Network. 